0: What a story that was, that Dick Biondi told.
1: Yes, and that's not the only one. Uh, We'll talk about another story that he told a little later on involving, of all things, the Cuban Missile Crisis. Wow. Amazing story. I know. And what
0: an amazing career. I saw on uh, WGNRadio.com interviews that... uh, Bob Surratt had done with yes. uh, Dick Biondi. They We've were been running those also. Yeah, long time friends, and uh, that Steve and Johnny. I've, I've met Dick Biondi many times. Uh, I I didn't really you know really know him that well. I, I know him more as a fan. Yeah, I only saw him. I never got to meet him though. Yeah, he uh, I I know I know this when I was a little kid. Uh, that I would be under the covers with my transistor radio and listening to him laughing my head sure. off. Sure, yeah, yeah. Crazy, he's crazy. <laughs> he's nuts. The wild Italian. Right, yeah. Yeah, we've got some clips we're going to play. I want to talk about uh, the legend, uh, truly legendary, the, the great Dick Biondi. Uh, interestingly, he told that story of how the woman would always call at one o'clock in the morning. I have someone who always calls uh, right at the start of every show we do on Sunday morning. Yeah, and, what do they say? And they ask me, do I have Prince Albert in a can? <laughs> <laughs> oh. I don't know. I don't know what that means, but let's get things started after this.
2: Ah, well, let's go. Let's
3: get the show with S.O. S.O. Ooh, that kiss. Well, who needs a theme song anyway? I figure, you know, we're here every night at nine o'clock. Every night, I have to remind you that Nut is here again. Hello there. This is the world's ugliest disc jockey, Dick Biondi. and we're here until midnight. We got a lot of fun, and hello to all the wonderful people out there at three and twenty past the hour. And I for Capital M-A-Y, Capital S O and S Masons, where teens are queens and Masons is the place to shop for your Christmas shop. Ing, there.
0: How about that? <laughs> wow, <laughs> the, the world's ugliest
3: DJ.
2: <laughs> he
3: says. <laughs>
0: Uh, the great Dick Biondi uh, passed away, as Shwani had in his newscast uh, this past Monday, according to uh, family members. Ninety years old, he had he had been in uh, failing health. For quite a while, but man, oh man, oh man! What a radio career—sixty years doing this, and he never got years. tired of it. Sixty-seven years! Wow. Hm. And it was sort of a quintessential radio career, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Jobs—you know, the, the, being at the top of the world, and then getting fired, and moving to another city, and being fired, and quitting, and back and forth, and in Chicago, out of Chicago. Uh, Los Angeles, New York. Uh, He he was, uh, you know, just a a legend, legendary, absolutely legendary. Um, And, you know, had his biggest success here in Chicago, first at WLS, uh, back when I was a Ute. Schwani and I were both Utes. (laughs)
2: <laughs>
0: i know i was listening to him on my little transistor radio
1: i don't remember him on ls i remember him when he came to wcfl no, that, that was, was the first like time i heard
0: mid to late 60s that's right yeah is when he came back he uh i remember him uh when he was first at wls at night you do remember the, that nine to midnight oh yeah, time slot that? oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah i would I would listen, and he 'd be just you know <laughs> just that kind of patter right he never sure. he never abandoned, he never slowed down no he didn 't he always always sounded the <laughs> the same throughout his entire career on a variety of uh, radio stations in Chicago, but uh, you know in the early days of rock and roll rock and roll and rock and roll radio, Dick Biondi was right there leading the charge. Uh, He is said to have been the first DJ to ever play a Beatles record on the air. Please, please, please me. 1963. Yeah. Way before Ed Sullivan. That was before the Beatles took off. Yeah. And that was back in the days when DJs could pick their own songs. Uh, Dick Biondi was at the forefront. You know, he uh, hosted uh, sock hops, you know, these dances for the high school kids uh, uh, all over the place. Uh, and um was a very very nice man. The several times that I spoke with him as i say i, I didn 't really have a, a personal uh relationship with him just never you know just never panned out but the several times that I spoke with him, he was a very 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 nice man and um uh legendary so I wanted to open the show today with just your memories our our, our you know listener memories of uh dick biondi and what you remember of him as i do listening as a little kid with my transistor radio and my little earbud you know so <laughs> nobody would know <laughs> why i was under the covers <laughs> by myself um y- you know listening to him but um 312 let's just start off uh, today with uh, a little remembrance of the great uh dick biondi Uh, Andy, do you even have any recollection? Because he, he, you know, was on the radio on WBBM-FM, amazingly, for a while. uh, For quite a long time on WJMK. Yeah, that's where I remember him from. Uh, You know, and uh, then I think he went back to WLS-FM in the evening. I don't remember the exact uh, sequence of it all. But his career spanned multi-generations.
4: Yeah, obviously I had heard of him because he was as legendary as you point out. But I, I, I my first memory of him is at WJMK. Uh, my parents would listen to that station a little bit, um, the way to work and school and things of that nature. So I would, would hear him there. Uh, but you couldn't, uh, if you lived in Chicago, you couldn't help but avoid the name. Let's put it to you that way. Everybody knew who he was.
0: Yeah, no matter no matter what, because he was on so many radio stations for such a long time. People of multi-generations uh, remember him. Uh, Robert Feeder uh, has a terrific obituary of him uh, today in the Sun-Times. Uh, I, I read a lot of the obituaries that are out there. Some are factual, some are not so factual. Robert Feeder's is right on the mark. Uh, if if you go, if you get a newspaper or if you go to uh, Chicago SunTimes dot com or Robert Feeder dot com, you can uh, see the um, obit. Schwani, do you remember his pizza song on top of a pizza? He did a he did a spoof of uh, on top of what? what Are what? you laughing at me, Andy? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right, rightfully so. What, uh, what, what's the actual name of that song? On Top of Old Smokey. On Top of Old Smokey. On Top of yeah. Old Smokey. He did a, a spoof of it uh, playing on his Italian background <laughs> uh, called On Top of a Pizza. Take a listen to this. How about that?
3: Street,
0: on Top of Mary a Pizza. Dick <laughs> 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 you want to know why uh, I am the way I am today? It's because I grew up listening to stuff like this. That's only one reason why you are. That's very true. It is is a multi-level thing. All right, let me take a break here. We'll come right back. Dean, and then, before you take
1: a break, can I quickly jump in with a weather update? Oh yes, here. please. Uh, we have a, now a flash flood warning issued from the National Weather Service for Cook, DuPage, and Will counties until one sixteen. That's a flash flood warning until one sixteen this afternoon from the National Weather Service for Cook, DuPage, and Will counties. What
0: uh, is going to happen with the race today, the NASCAR race?
1: We're still, uh, yeah. they're going to pick up where they left off yesterday. they are going to try. <laughs> try at ten, at, least. at 10 o'clock, but at it's raining like crazy it's outside. Ra- well, not only that, it's foggy. It is very foggy downtown. But uh, so far, uh, everything is up and running as scheduled. And uh, this
4: afternoon's race, which was to
1: have started at 4.30, is going to be at 4.05
4: now. Hmm. Yeah, that'll, that'll be at the mercy of whenever they're able to get the uh, the Loop 121 restarted. I mean, they were talking about uh, they have yeah, those yeah. especially rain
0: tires. And that's what was uh, yeah. uh, canceled yesterday because of less severe weather yeah. than what we have right now. That's why I'm wondering if, you know, they're going to be able to finish that, get everything done today. And if they don't, do they push it till tomorrow? Do they push I'm, it till...
4: That's the word, yes. Yeah, tomorrow's, tomorrow is the rain day, so to speak. So...
0: Hmm. So a good idea having this race in Chicago. <laughs> really good idea. All right. We're well, back in a minute. Sir. Yeah, the Big Ten Countdown. I oh, love it.
1: I'm young again.
0: I love that, man. Hey, the Big Ten Countdown. <laughs> <laughs> the sun goes up. And the, the super, car goes by. The Super CFL uh, jingle also. Oh,
1: yes. For that ra- jingle package on that station was tremendous.
0: For uh, for radio people, that's like uh, porn. <laughs> Let's <laughs> <laughs> be honest, right? Am I right? That's true. Are you right? How many times have you sat around with your radio buddies listening to jingles? And it's, you know, the, the jingles. Play the, uh, Bob, can you play that again just so, so we can hear the the uh, jingle again one more time? The, uh, <laughs> that's the.
3: Big it's Dick WCFL.
0: Maybe. Oh,
3: <laughs> Nick Biondi from okay. WCFL. Vanity Fair, number two on the Big Ten Countdown, hitchin' a ride.
0: Yeah. That's how you know when you're a big radio dork like Schwani and I. And maybe Andy, I think Andy's <laughs> yeah. got Andy's got a little uh, radio dork potential oh, yeah. also. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. But uh the, the the jingles, the singing call letters was uh, <laughs> such a big part of that era, right? Oh, it certainly was.
1: Every station had uh, a certain package and a little melodic line to identify now, the call letters.
0: Right. And Dick Biondi you know, was part of that era of uh, radio, uh, you know, that uh, defines it defines it all. Uh, I found a clip from there's a there's a Dick Biondi documentary that they have been Uh, working on for years now. I don't know what the delay is, but some local producers have been trying to put something together, uh, you know, a a motion picture documentary about the life and career of Dick Biondi, and one of the people featured in it is uh, Frankie Valley of the Four Seasons fame, and here's what he had to say about the great Dick Biondi.
5: Well, he is the real deal. I mean, go all the way back and, and... He is certainly one of the great representations of what radio was all about. He he had great ears. I mean, you know, that's a very important part of it, you know. That's the difference in the day where the disc jockey was really able to pick the music that he wanted to play, especially the new music that had not even been tested. He was responsible for a lot of big hits a lot of big hits that he started playing before anybody played caught on throughout the country and sometimes internationally so those kind of guys uh, were really very very important to the artist's career yeah
0: there's uh frankie valley uh, four seasons fame uh, they don't get you know too much bigger than that talking about the influence of Dick Biondi, when uh, he talks about, uh, you know, being the first to expose uh, audiences to some of the major stars, like how about Elvis Presley, for example? How about uh, Buddy Holly and Jerry Lee Lewis? And as we had mentioned a few moments ago, Biondi was the first to play the Beatles. He, he, that, that's the, you know, what, what they, they are saying uh, the first to play Beale, the Beatles on American radio, he played the song, Please Please Me, Oh Yeah, Like I Please You, uh, and in, introduced that uh, in, to us all. Uh, as I said, if you want to read the complete Dick Biondi story, uh, take a look at the Sun-Times today. Uh, Robert Feeder, who is now retired the media uh, observer... Uh, and journalist for chicago for the past uh, i don't know 30 40 years something now retired uh did a special obituary on uh, dick bionti and it's fantastic uh, if you want to know more about uh, dick bionti i would suggest that you uh take a look at that we'll get to uh, all of our regular features here today swani i don't want to rush you through the far-flung forecast if we do it now but uh, can, we, we can do it after the news. Oh, absolutely. Sure. Will you be too tired <laughs> after the news? I know during the newscast, Schwani. it's like a, when a boxer comes out, you know, after fight, <laughs> fighting around, uh, Schwan, It does the news, he goes back to his corner, uh, he has people, you know, hosing him down. <laughs> Uh, they put the bucket, you know, they take the mouthpiece out. And, and my, my leg is jumping up and down, they and, take his, and my,
1: my trainer says, What's the matter, kid? Are you nervous? They no, take, just they, in that
0: leg. They take his false teeth out. And he... <laughs> <laughs> Come on, kid. <laughs> Burgess Meredith somehow appears. And, uh, come on, kid. Come on. You, you Dick, can get in there. You're you to get in there again. Come on. you got to do the 5 flung forecast. You need a manager. Get in there and punch that side of beef. <laughs> the body, the body, the body. <sighs> oh, my goodness. It's only 928. That's our behind-the-scenes. Thank goodness Dick Biondi never had to put up with anything like we have to put up with here. <laughs> every Sunday morning
1: oh you're blaming me now
0: yes I am why (laughs) why should I change now I was going to say now (laughs) yeah why should I change now Uh, Coming up later in the show, we'll we'll, uh, update everybody on this uh, NASCAR race and what's going on with all of that. And we just got an update as well. Oh, well, well, let's get it now then. Okay. Let's go to our breaking news desk. Here's Dave Schwan. Uh,
1: According to OEMC, the Office of Emergency Management at NASCAR, due to the threat of severe weather, NASCAR has postponed the gates opening. Now, they postponed the gates opening. Hmm. They will provide event updates as they are available
0: so what the gates were supposed to open at? their gates were supposed, supposed to open at, here at nine at nine,
1: at nine. Um, and they've been postponed now that's the
0: gates opening so so they haven't um, they haven't said anything about even what's pouring out to restart
1: a race time or anything yet no they haven't said anything like that yet
0: now were you guys at the radio station yesterday i avoided I was, downtown i was what was, I, what was it like down there with, i was
1: uh, with all the i was stunned it was it was normal it was a normal day hmm. I ran into no trouble, traffic-wise. I was out walking around. There was no issue.
0: Was it noisy because of the cars? No. Going around really. and around?
1: No. and Well, the actual race didn't. The, what, what started to be the race uh, was at 4 o'clock. And, uh, but, you know, as you know, Dean, I live close by, and I didn't hear anything. So it was. It was very interesting for me. That's a story in itself.
0: I uh, noticed there were, were quite a few uh, less cars on the road yesterday. Yes, I think yes. people. I think part of it is people are out of town for the Fourth of July mm-hmm. weekend. That's because mm-hmm. it's always a little light, but uh, people just wanted to completely avoid uh, getting in any kind of traffic mess with all the construction that's going on. And this race, people were just completely avoiding it. It was delightful to drive around yesterday.
6: <laughs> delightful? <laughs> really?
0: <laughs> I can just see you just tooling around. I didn't even have any place delightful. to go. I didn't have anywhere to go. Bro, I just got in the delightful. car. It was like the old days when you we were kids. Hey, let's go for a ride. <laughs> just go and sit in the car and drive around. Uh, it was it was uh, a very nice day, uh, it, it turns out, yesterday. And I watched a little bit of it on the the television yeah. Uh, it was really cool to see our city highlighted that way, I thought.
4: Yeah, you know, they did a nice job kind of taking you inside the, uh, the racer, too. And uh, the differences between the street course and what they're normally used to driving, the ovals, because of the, the shifters and the gears and how fast they could get going on the uh, very few straightaways. And it was kind of cool to watch the uh, as they were r- racing for position in
0: uh, the big race today. Uh, it, it was kind of cool.
2: Yeah, I I thought it
0: was kind of cool to watch the whole thing uh, from uh, my safe distance of my, my yes, house. Yes, that's, that's the key. I didn't have to be out in the middle of it. All right, well, we'll keep you posted on what's going on with all of that. Uh has got the far-flung forecast, and it's all coming up after this by Dave, better late than never, Schwan.
1: <sighs> I'm catching my breath. You okay? I've got to put my choppers back in. Hydration? Need some Gatorade? Yeah. A little water after that newscast. I'll be okay.
0: I'll be okay. (laughs) <laughs> look at you with the acting i'll be all right look at you <laughs> look at you with the radio dramatization hey <laughs> the mcgee and molly you, settled you down you
1: were the, you i'm just picking up where you left off about how they had to yeah. put me in the corner and and uh you know rub me down yeah. and everything oh, try, everyone case. knows Schwani is the rocky balboa of radio <laughs> news everybody knows that he's lefty right <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes i am a lefty see there I you go am. well good morning everyone and i want to wish everyone a very happy and safe Fourth of July holiday weekend. Thank you.
2: Same
0: to you.
1: That is the subject of our uh, far-flung forecast. Yeah, what do today, you know? Actually. Wow, how about that? uh We go to Braintree,
0: Massachusetts. Today. Excuse me. <laughs> I said I, you're now. Okay. Now I joke often that you're making these names. I'm not making this up. You are making a Braintree, no, Arizona. What did you say? No, oh, <laughs> a little what? further away than what Arizona.
1: Massachusetts, Massachusetts, Braintree, uh, Massachusetts, Braintree, Massachusetts,
0: my, my Braintree, brain
1: <laughs> Braintree is named after the uh, same name in the uh, after, uh Essex in the town of Braintree. There's a portion of Essex, England
0: that is named Braintree. It goes back to the no, 1630s. I'm going to hire a fact checker for these. Go right ahead. I'm going to call CNN and get Go one of their fact checkers. Go right ahead. Their, their fact Go because I think, Schwani, th- I think we're going to have a big radio expose that after all these years we learn, Schwani has made up every single far-flung <laughs> forecast that we've heard so far. <laughs> all right, but they will find
1: that this is correct. Braintree, incorporated in 1640, and it happens to be the birthplace of John Adams, one of the founding fathers, a signer of the Declaration of Independence, and our second president, because it was on this date, and it was great, that the (laughs) Continental Congress passed a resolution saying that these united colonies are, and of right ought to be free and independent states, Mm -hmm. and they voted to approve it on July 4th. I love the quote from John Adams, because he actually thought today, July 2nd, would be the national holiday rather than the 4th. But he wrote that, I am apt to believe that it will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the great anniversary festival. It ought to be solemnized with pomp and parade, Mm. with shoes games with
0: shoes shoes i'll get to that in a second what do you mean with shoes
1: i'm going to explain that
0: ladies and gentlemen i'm telling you he's making all of this up (laughs) as he goes along which is a talent shoes (laughs) thank you andy Mm -hmm.
1: uh yes with shoes games sports guns bells bonfires and illuminations from one end of this continent to the other Mm. from this time forward forevermore Mm. now what are shoes s-h-e-w-s I looked this up. It is an archaic spelling and pronunciation of, of show or shows. Now, think about that. So we do We're, a shoe every week? We do a shoe every week. We got and a really big shoe. Those of us of a certain age remember <laughs> Ed Sullivan saying we have a really big shoe. <laughs>
0: Size 12. Size 12. Braintree, Arizona. Braintree,
1: Massachusetts, <laughs> has cloudy skies in 69 today. Wow. The birthplace of John Adams. Clearly,
0: Schwanney, taking the weekend
3: off for the holiday.
1: <laughs> now I have to go back to the corner.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, you better go see Bridges <laughs> Meredith. Uh, well, get to our weekly health segment, uh, which is all factual, by the way, uh, coming up next. Where it is 942, Dean Richards, Sunday morning, the 4th of July weekend. And we continue with our regular Sunday program today. Uh, all things health, uh, usually from 9 to 930 with Dr. Kevin Most. He's taking the holiday weekend off, but leaves this segment in very good hands with Dr. Lauren Taglia, uh, dermatologist and also medical director with Northwestern uh, RMG, uh, Dr. Taglia. I uh, thought, you know, we would have a nice sunny weekend and, uh, you know, things to talk about of protecting our, our skin against all the sun that we're having. But Dr. Taglia, first of all, welcome. But this uh, kind of weather that we're having today really is the dermatologist's friend, isn't it?
7: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it certainly is. Uh, Not exactly what we were hoping for, though, I know. Thanks for having me, Dean.
0: Yeah, it's nice to have you uh, on with us. I still want to talk about, uh, you know, protecting your skin in the uh, summertime. And that's the main focus of this because we are going to get back to super sunny days. And uh, you see people, you know, outside just lotioning themselves up, hopefully with, uh, you know, sunblock before they go out into the sun, but just laying out there and frying themselves. And, uh, you know, as as we've learned, uh, while it may seem more attractive, uh, it really is uh, really quite dangerous, isn't it?
7: Yeah, it certainly is. You know, we're seeing, you know, rates of skin cancer certainly on the rise, and we're seeing it in younger patients. Um, you know, I think people do understand a little better today than they did maybe even 20 or so years ago that this sun is, um, you know, is very potent and we have to take just levels of protection, you know, when we're outdoors. I, I you know, as, as a dermatologist, I certainly encourage a healthy lifestyle and that includes being outside, but, um, we definitely have to go outside kind of armed and, and prepared. Um, so lots of different ways to protect, though. Um, so, you know, I, patients, I think, are more um, informed about the importance of wearing, you know, sun blocks. And uh, I think we've certainly gotten more options out over the market, and I hope that continues, um, that we have more options for using, you know, different kinds of sun blocks, But there are all different kinds of ways to protect our skin from the sun, you know. Things like sun protective clothing can be really helpful. I don't know if you've ever seen cyclists or professional, um, fishing, you know, men and women where they're kind of protected head to toe with hats and shoes and long sleeves. And, you know, that can certainly be helpful. Even just avoiding those peak sun hours, you know, trying to get out before the 10 o'clock hour and, you know, maybe reserving, you know, our gardening and, and long walks and things to after 2 o'clock um, can can protect our, our skin as
8: well.
0: Yeah. When you uh, talk about, uh, you know, getting, getting some uh, outdoor exposure... But just not too much. How how do you uh, can you be more specific about that? Because, you know, we on one hand, we're told, get outside, get some sunshine, the vitamin D. It's good for you. At at what point, uh, you know, do you need to block that off and begin to protect yourself?
7: Yeah, that, that's a great question, and I think that's a question I probably get every day from patients, you know, how much is enough, right? Um, now, in terms in terms of vitamin D, we know that the sun is not our, our best way to obtain vitamin D just because of the associated risks of skin cancer with sun exposure. So I'll always, you know, encourage patients to get vitamin D. Probably the healthiest sources are in our diet, you know, either... Um, you know, foods that are rich, you know, green leafy vegetables are rich in in um, vitamin D. Or fortified drinks are often, um, you know, enriched with with vitamin D. The sun is one op- opportunity to getting vitamin D, but it's probably not our healthiest way to get vitamin D. Yeah, a lot you of know, people
0: a lot of people take yeah. uh, you know, multivitamins and there's uh, vitamin mm-hmm. D in there or just vitamin D supplements. A lot of people just take a vitamin D supplement uh, you know, to make sure that they're uh, uh getting enough. How much time would you say is uh okay if you're outside unprotected? Is, is there a certain mm-hmm. amount of time that you can say that no. that's it, get yourself yeah. into some shade?
9: Well,
7: well, great, great, great question. I'd say, you know, anything more than about 10 minutes, we, we really want to make oh, sure wow. that we have, yeah, sunblock on. And that's a, another thing I think that surprises folks. Like, we really recommend sunblock, you know, 365 days of the year. Uh, Dr. Most will tell you that, you know, we talked about that at his appointment. You know, we really need sunblock uh, every single day, you know, to any, any skin that's exposed. You know, from our, from the studies we know, dermatologists included, that we don't apply enough sunblock um, and we don't reapply enough. So there's always sort of little gaps in where we're probably getting light on our skin, even when we think we have everything protected. So creating those habits where we're getting sunblock on each and every day is important. Wanna, um, but any yeah, anything more than about ten minutes, you, you really want to okay. have sunblock on the skin.
0: I I want to follow up a little bit on what you were talking about of sun protective clothing. I mean, is there a certain type of clothing uh which is more protective, say, if I went outside just with the regular long sleeve shirt on? Is, is that enough protection? A a, a cotton shirt? Uh it,
2: oh
7: yeah not not enough you know most you know if you think of like a cotton you know white blended t shirt it's probably going to be an SPF of less than ten you know because it it's inherent in the material but also in the weave. so there are these companies that have been around for quite some time. Um, one that comes to mind is a brand called Coolabar. They've been around um for quite a while and they test all of their all of their uh, clothing. Um, and most of that will protect ninety nine percent of the sun rays. Oh wow! Um, and what's nice is it's washable. Um, the the fabrics have also come quite a long way, so they're very breathable. A lot of my patients that'll incorporate incorporated. You know, say you know you think about the the people that are running outside or cycling outside. You know, they're creating quite a bit of heat. But when you put those you know sun protective clothing materials on, it actually keeps the skin a bit cooler. And it'll also wick or absorb away any of the sweat. So it could be, you know, quite a, a nice way to protect the skin, especially when you're outdoors for long periods of time. Because even the sunblocks blocks that are water resistant, that are supposed to last um, a little bit longer with sweat-induced activities or getting in and out of the pool, most of those need to be reapplied every you know, two hours, which most of us are failing to do, truthfully, me included. So, you know, the clothing is a really nice way to kind of have a second layer of um, protection on our skin when we're going to be outdoors all day.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's that's why I found this interesting, because I've heard about the sun protective clothing specifically for that reason. And I've gone out with uh, you know just a, a shirt on, a long sleeve shirt, uh, and I thought, well, I'm protected. I have a, I have a clothing, you know, I have this layer of cotton in between the two. Now I find out that that is may or may not be a proper protection. What was the 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 brand of clothing that that you were talking about? I know we're going to get 150 calls on that uh, when we're done.
7: Here. <laughs> Yeah, so there's one, it's called Koolabar, um and that's been around quite a long time. Um, and again, the, the styles have, have become a bit more sophisticated and mainstream, so it, it doesn't look like you know, special clothing that just dermatologists recommend. It, you know, it looks like what you'd normally wear. Now, some of the bigger brands, um, Dean, have like picked up on this. So, a brand I can think of is Patagonia. They oh, yeah. have some of their line, yeah, that have the, it'll say UPF. So, that's the equivalent of SPF when it comes to the clothing. And there's um, a Sun, you know, uh, line started by two women in Chicago called Mot 50. Um, they have a really nice line, um, specifically, I think, geared toward moms and, and kids. And so that can be fun, too. And it, they're, they're local, so that's another one to check out.
0: Okay. All right. Good to know. Let's keep an eye out for uh, all of that. The 708 area code is asking... Is there a difference between sunblock and sunscreen?
7: No, you know, those are kind of used interchangeably. Um, You know, what we really want our patients and we really want everyone kind of looking for are when you go to the store, you want a broad spectrum sunblock, which means it's going to protect against the UVA rays, which are sort of associated with aging and brown spots. And then U V B, uh, the B for burn ray. So when it when you look at a sun, you know the label of like a, of a sunscreen, it should say broad spectrum. Um, and the number you're really looking for is thirty. So thirty or more. We get a lot of questions on that too. You know, is there really a difference? Say between if I choose an SPF of thirty or an SPF of fifty or even a hundred. Um, like, what are the really those differences? Um, and our academy, the AAD, recommends 30 or more because at an SPF of 30, you're blocking 97% of those, oh, wow. uh, those sun rays. Um, now, there is probably an advantage for patients that choose the higher SPF, the 50 or the 70, um, in the sense that you really have to get it on the way that they design it. You need to get enough on to get that full level of the SPF. So we've found in studies that patients across the board, all ages, all backgrounds, um, tend to, you know, be a little short on how much sunblock they actually put on. You want about an ounce for, you know, a head to toe application. And so many of us, you know, are in a hurry and we put it on and we run out the door that we're probably not getting enough on. And when you don't get enough on, you're likely not getting that full equivalent SPF of 30. So those higher levels we think might protect for if you're not getting enough on, say you're putting on a 50 but you're only putting on half the amount, you might, you know, get some additional coverage um, by just having that higher SPF, yeah, but no, no sunscreen or no sunblock protects a hundred percent. So that's the other thing to kind of know for patients, you know. Um, and that's where I think doing the the other things as well when we're outside, maybe having that you know wide brimmed hat on, or kind of wearing the layers, the sun protective layers, perhaps seeking out some shade and avoiding those peak sun hours. I think all of that collectively. Go, goes a
0: long way yeah what about uh lotions versus sprays I, i've seen you know plenty of people with the spray uh sun block or sunscreen and it, it when i when i see people applying it it just looks like they're putting on the the smallest amount possible uh and mm-hmm. and i i wonder if they're even getting any protection from that
7: well, you got it. You're, you're, you're on. That, that's, that's exactly what we found as well. I think the sprays are really convenient. Um, you know, I have three young kids and I can tell you, I think the sprays, you know, the kids don't tend to wiggle away as much as when I put on the creams and, and really rub it in. Right. You know, I think, I think the sprays are probably convenient and great for reapplication. But they're not my favorite for a first pass, just mm. because, just like you you touched on, like we don't get enough of it on. So uh, what I what I try to encourage patients to do is before even maybe leaving to go to the park or go to the beach or go to the pool, using a cream because that's pref you know that's preferential and rubbing that you know rubbing that cream in so you know you got fairly good coverage and then bringing the spray. And making sure you're really going in a couple directions, you know, maybe back and forth uh, at least two to four times with the spray. Oh, wow. Wow. And then, again, really rubbing it in. You really got to kind of rub it in to know that you're getting enough of it spread. How often but should I, you
0: I, reapply? How often should you reapply?
7: Yeah. yeah, I'd say every two hours.
0: Wow. Boy, yeah. we're, we're just yeah, doing so, everything wrong. <laughs>
7: <laughs> you know, it's it's just it's good to keep those things in mind. We're not yeah. shooting for perfection. You know, that's what I say. We're not shooting for perfection. You're just sort of you know, you're trying to keep it in mind, you know, keep it convenient so it's easy to do, you know. Keep it in you know, keep it in multiple places in your maybe in your gym bag or in your in your work bag, in your in your school bag, in your pull bag. Kinda of have it in multiple places, just knowing that You know, probably by the time you think of it, you needed to already be reapplying, um, and particularly when you're going to be outside. But, you know, again, as dermatologists, we we know a healthy lifestyle includes being outside. And and I know I personally try to spend time outdoors to keep my kids and myself active, but it's just a matter of really kind of having all these things in place to help protect us. Sure,
0: sure. And, you know, many of you may be saying, wow, that sounds like a lot of work, Uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's better than going to visit uh, a dermatologist and having the dermatologist say, I think we found some skin cancer here. You don't want that uh, because, no. uh, as uh, Dr. Taglia said, uh, those, those numbers are going up all the time. There's a very simple way to protect yourself. It's with uh, these skin protective clothing and uh, some of these uh, sunblocks and so forth that uh, can avoid getting that kind of diagnosis from a doctor. I really appreciate you joining us today, doctor. Really interesting, Dr. Lauren Taglia, uh, medical director with Northwestern RMG and also a dermatologist. Dermatologist to Dr. Kevin Most. So you know she must be great. <laughs> that must... I appreciate you joining us. Thanks
9: for having me. I
7: knew I had big shoes to fill, but thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You
0: did a terrific job. We appreciate you joining us, and we'll update news next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. Oh, you're done. Yes. (laughs) I know. Don't you usually have some, like, official stuff to say? I just did. I know, but it didn't
1: sound like you were done. We uh, uh, We have a new close now. Oh. I'm Dave Schwann, WGN News. Yes. Next news when it happens, next yep. scheduled news at ten thirty. Ah.
0: And I said that. But that's not what you usually say. This is the new <laughs> this there it's it's called change. Look the one part of the newscast that I'm paying attention <laughs> that's, that's is the end. <laughs> the very end. <laughs> excuse me now have i have to, to go al- back
1: i have to go back to my corner burgess meredith is calling you have me have over.
0: To alert me <laughs> you have to alert me when you have you know if anything's out of you know out of kilter at all mm-hmm. i need to know these okay. things producer jack i'm like jack, the I'm just- like the, uh, the conductor of this orchestra <laughs> I need to know if the violins aren't going to no, come No, 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 no. The violins and before I If you're the conductor,
1: you are conducting the violins. It's
0: not the other way around. Oh, I've got a baton for you, my friend. <laughs> I've got news for you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. You know what? I was reading, we were talking about uh, the great Dick Biondi uh, passing away this past Monday. Uh, he had been uh, not in the best of health for quite some long time, but... Uh, passed away this past uh, Monday, ninety years old. We'll have much more in our newscasts, and we've got a lot on the web also. Uh, do you know that at one point he had sixty percent of the radio listening audience listening? Isn't to that, that amazing? Show at one time, isn't
1: that yeah? Sixty
0: yeah. percent of everybody listening to the radio during his uh, years at WLS. Are they even still on the air, by the way? (laughs) Is that station even still on anymore? Yes, they are. It's very different now than it was then. Don't they do a barn dance show
1: or
2: something?
0: (laughs) The Prairie Farmer. Uh, When he was on from 1960 to to 1963. (laughs) Yeehaw! Come on! All right. Come on down. All right, all right. Come on down to the world's largest (laughs) store. (laughs) Uh, when he was on from 1960 to 63, of everyone listening to the radio, he commanded 60 percent of that audience, which is phenomenal. Those are like Wally Phillips numbers. Those are Wally yeah. Phillips numbers. Those yeah. are like Wally Phillips, uh, you know, uh, numbers from back in the day. Uh, you know, these days they have there's so many things to distract you now. You know, radio mm-hmm. b- back then, was, you know, all you listened to is AM radio. Uh, but, you know, now there's a million different things to listen to. Um, and this is the other thing that I found interesting, that he claims to have been fired from 25 radio stations yeah. over his yeah. career. <laughs> That's a radio thing. Oh, yeah. Sure. It definitely is. How many times have you been fired? Three. Not counting, Not counting today. No, uh, three. <laughs> three not counting today not counting today he didn't even hear me say that.
1: i did yes <laughs> and how many times have you been told mm. your services are no we're longer no longer re- needed wired? i yeah. think i think three three also. okay
0: i think three andy yeah that might be my magic number too. is it okay yeah all right so dick Bianti was fired eight, times more, eight than times more than we were any around. of us
2: uh-huh. <laughs> yeah hmm <laughs>
0: We'll have more memories of uh, the great Dick Biondi coming up in a little while. You know what else uh, surprising news this week? Looking Glass Theater is uh, shut down. We'll talk about that when we come back right after this. Well, this is not how we like our 4th of July weekends. It's all rainy and gloomy and messy. We like them sunny and hot and uh, being outside. is all definitely curtailing it. See if we can get uh, an update on all this in a couple of minutes, just so you know what's going on for the, you know, the weather uh, for the weekend. We'll get uh, an update on that. But, uh, you know, with regard to the the NASCAR race, you know, after all this talk and all this, uh, you know, excitement leading up to it to have it, uh, you know, uh, come come to a, a, a storm. Uh, you know, shutting everything down, but we're not officially shut down, though, right, Shwani? That's Correct.
4: Well, yeah, that's the Sorry. truth. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump in there for Schwani, but Schwani not here. No, I'm here, but I'm
1: following something that's coming across right now. Flash flood Another one here for Cook County has been Cook County specifically has been extended now until three fifteen this afternoon. Mm -hmm. We already have two in place for uh, Will and DuPage, but uh, specifically for Cook County, it now runs until three fifteen this afternoon. Uh, Some heavy rain reported throughout the area, and as we mentioned at the top of the newscast at 10 o'clock flooding a big problem now all of a sudden on the expressways
0: yeah well i i noticed uh, this morning and i i didn't really have that far to go today uh, because i'm broadcasting from wg on television on bradley place because i wanted i i thought it would be complete pandemonium yeah, we all did <laughs> the race turns out uh, not so much with uh, the rain, as kind of, you know, put everything to the side for now. But uh, these are flash flood warnings that you're talking about. And Correct. I did, what I was going to say was uh, that I did notice on the streets. Uh, you know, the, the streets have filled up with, uh, water, you know, something that we haven't seen out there, uh, for quite a while. Cause it's been so dry. It's out. been We've very had this dry. Drought.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We have flooding reported on the Stevenson inbound at California at stop and go traffic and, uh, on the Stevenson outbound between Pulaski and Cicero that is now closed because of flooding.
0: Okay. okay so. Uh, we'll keep you posted with all the, the latest weather information. What is the latest now with uh, all things NASCAR for today?
1: The uh, latest word was that the gates uh, have uh, reopened or were to have reopened uh, just a couple minutes ago at 10.15. Now, as to when the actual race that was postponed from yesterday uh, will start up again, don't know a start time on that yet. But uh, the, the gates were to have opened at 9 this morning. Then they were delayed. And uh, late week word now is that uh, 1015 people can start coming in.
0: Oh, okay, so apparently they are um, anticipating uh, some action.
1: Some action there, yes. And again, the issue yesterday was lightning, because there was, you know, lightning in and around the area. And when that happens, the city can make the call to say outdoor activities can uh, uh, can no longer proceed. Uh, but as one of the NASCAR people said to, to WGN's Judy Wang this morning, if it's rain, they put on the rain tires and they should be good to go.
0: Uh, so but
1: that you know with weather moving in that can change also
0: i'm just looking at my wgn uh weather app do you have the the wgn weather app it's right here i uh i like to look at it and pretend that i'm tom skilling <laughs> <laughs> well you see i'm uh, i'm looking at the the radar uh right now and uh, this uh, this big mass it, i mean it's over us it is yeah there there's uh, you know sometimes you can look at this that's why i I love about the app is that you can see the live radar number one but you can put it into uh an animation so it goes ahead like i can look at the radar what they're anticipating to happen between now and four o'clock in the afternoon and you know you see the storm that's moving to the east And eventually, it's going to clear the uh, Chicago area. But it looks like, uh, Schwan, as as I'm looking at this radar, uh, it looks like this is going to be over us for a while. It will be. Yes, you're right, Tom. It sure will be over us for a while. uh, 418. 418 is when the radar, when you animate this, you know, to look ahead in the future. 418. Is when it looks like the rain finally clears the uh, Chicago area.
1: Yeah, and again, the, this flash flood warning for Cook County running until three fifteen this afternoon, and uh, DuPage and Will County until one fifteen. But again, we're in a state of uh, real flux here, so things could change. Let
0: me show you some weather pictures now <laughs> that we on the from, radio <laughs> from our viewers on the radio.
1: <laughs> 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 All right,
0: well, we'll keep it right. Boy, Chwani. you are having so much fun this morning. It's amazing when I'm not near you, when I'm in a completely different building, how liberating it is.
1: Okay. Round six is over. Burgess Meredith is calling me back now to the corner.
4: So,
0: <laughs> And if you want to know what he's talking about, good luck. I've been trying to figure it out for the last 30 years. 40 years. 40 years, whatever it is. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll come right back. It's 1024. This is Dean Richards. Sunday morning on WGM, July the 2nd. We'll get to all of our regular features uh, throughout this slightly abbreviated show today. We're off at uh, 12 noon. But uh, I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about what, uh, unfortunately, is turning out to be the big theater story of the week. And that is the Looking Glass Theater, which has been uh, in place in downtown Chicago uh, since uh, 1988, uh, when it uh, first started. Uh, is planning on pausing its programming, uh, reducing its full-time staff from 24 down to 10. Uh, it's it's a big blow for uh, theater news in Chicago, and particularly. Uh, fans of uh, Looking Glass Theatre Company, of which I have been a longtime fan, and uh, the, uh, the recipient of the 2011 Tony Award for Excellence in Regional Theater. I don't think I've ever seen uh, a bad play at Looking Glass. It's always been amazing. But, uh, you know, they're, they're citing lots of different reasons for this. One of them, uh, people not wanting to come downtown. Uh, for any reason, much less to, you know, see a, see a play, park their car, maybe get some dinner. It's expensive to come downtown. Uh, so, you know, may, maybe all of that is a factor. Uh, joining me to chat about this a little bit is Marissa Lynn Jones, who is the uh, executive director, CEO of the League of Chicago Theaters, uh, newlywed Marissa Lynn Jones, I might add. Congratulations to you, Marissa.
9: Thank you so much, Dean. It's great to be on the show this morning. And, um, yeah, I got a little name change there. So yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, congratulations. That's very nice. Um, so, I mean, you know, League of Chicago Theaters represents uh, a whole variety of theaters, uh, downtown, in the neighborhoods, in the suburbs, all over the place. Um, what? What? I, I know that you don't have any more information than uh, the Looking Glass Theater itself, Uh, revealed uh, on uh, late Friday when they revealed this information that Mm -hmm. they were pausing programming uh, at the uh, theater but what do you make of this in terms of uh, you know theater going especially in downtown Chicago one of the reasons that they are citing uh, is that people are not coming downtown
9: Yes, I think, so there's, um, and, and just to give scope, the league previous to the pandemic had about 250 member theaters, and right now we're about 185, um, post pandemic. So, um, you know, this is not just a, um, a looking glass issue, but we're looking at the theater and the arts community in, in total, and, um, the toll that the pandemic has reverberated across our organizations, um, um we also see you know the change the pandemic has brought with people wanting to stream online or um you know not really wanting to uh, as you said come downtown or or um it's harder to get people to leave home and then when we do uh, get people to come out you know they're usually looking for the lowest price ticket it's usually a last minute decision um and so a lot of the traditional ways in which theaters operate where we get to plan ahead and budget due to um subscriptions and membership sales, we're not able to do that because it's there's so much inconsistency there now. Um but so it's a huge guessing game. And just to give some some insight into that, I take let's say a good week post pandemic we would sell about maybe twelve hundred tickets. Um, now, especially in the summertime, you know, where you have uh, competing things, because Chicago is such a wonderful city with so much to offer, um, you know, we're only seeing about, you know, 600 tickets now um, when the when okay week post-pandemic would have been 1,000. So, you know, if that's a reflection of, of what's happening across theaters, about 40% of sales, which individual ticket sales and memberships really are a huge part of, you know, helping Make goals in terms of budgets, in terms of being able to pay artists and crew members and union workers. Um, we're really seeing a, a down, a downfall in.
0: Yeah, in a, in attendance, I, I I hear what you're saying, and uh, th- that's very interesting. I was going to ask you about hot ticks sales because uh, hot ticks is where you can buy half price tickets. Half price is where right. the, the discounts were. Uh, if you wanted to you know at the last minute make a decision hey let 's go see a play let 's go you know see this show or that show you 'd go to hot ticks to get the the discounted seating on this, even that 's hurting so th- exactly, th- this yeah. this action which has happened to the looking glass theater uh, you know and, and I might add happened to Victory Gardens. Happened to the House Theater. Happened to lots of different theater companies. The, the Looking Glass is not the first one to have something like this happen. Uh, it's that-
9: not the first one, and, and it's not just um, Chicago. You know, it's across it's across the nation that we're seeing. Um, you know, unfortunately, managing directors and and, and the, the boards have to make these really tough decisions on how to make the theater sustainable in the long run and unfortunately that means in the short run that they have to make these tough decisions
0: yeah i've had a long relationship with looking glass uh, theater people as we've talked about and promoted their shows through the years uh, promoted their uh, performances through the years uh i've i've put in calls to everybody uh, since this news came out on friday and I uh, have not heard back from anybody, I have had, not had any comment. I guess I'm not surprised that they're not commenting at this point. They did put out a, a statement about it, which we've shared. And uh, it, that's where it sits right now. As we learn more, we will uh, certainly let everyone know. But a very interesting perspective from you, Marissa, on how this is this is not looking glass unique. That uh, theaters, not only in Chicago, but around the country, are all suffering from uh, the the post pandemic? Uh, people people are just not going out, and I'm, I'm sure, uh, given some of the news that we hear about uh, downtown Chicago, people are especially hesitant to uh, come downtown to see a show right now. Uh, keep us posted on what what you hear and what you know. Would you please?
9: absolutely and and i I would just encourage you know this is where the the support really needs to come in for all of our organizations for our local neighborhoods for all of the theaters no matter how um you know large or small um they may be it's really important that we go out and support and see shows but also um but individual donation um is it makes such a huge difference um you can there's a number of resources on the lead site on um, arts alliance pcg in terms of um, national support on the on the national level the state level and the city level on on a number of things that we can do to help support not only the stages but the artists the teaching artists um, the crew the union workers they're all affected by this and so um, please, you know, look on our sites and see what you can do in terms of contacting um, your offices, your your state offices, so that we can continue to get funding for these organizations. Because, um, you know, as we see in the European model, there's a lot of funding, um, you know, from the government for the arts. And that makes a huge difference. Those okay. donations make a huge difference. They sure
0: do. Uh, you can learn more at the League of Chicago Theaters. That's where Marissa is their executive director and CEO, Marissa Lynn Jones. Thank you for joining us this morning. We'll talk more about theater in Chicago and continue our memories of the legendary Dick Biondi who passed away uh, coming up after a check of WGN Newt. All right, Johnny. we've got uh, Bill Snyder uh, joining us. Bill uh, has uh, joined us on the show many times. Uh, He is Tom Skilling's weather producer, and uh, nobody keeps an eye on... The weather, uh, you know, maybe with the slight exception of Tom Skilling, but Bill uh, <laughs> Snyder is a pretty close second to that of keeping an eye on things going on. And uh man, Bill, what a what a weekend uh, we're winding up with now with all this rain, right?
10: Isn't that something, Dean? I mean, we've we've been we've been begging for rain for weeks now, and uh you know, many areas, well, most of our area actually is in a. Uh, Severe drought with uh, quite a rainfall deficit going since uh, since the beginning of the year, and actually since mostly um, when uh, the beginning of spring. And uh, it's really, really uh, something how this has turned around in just a couple of days. It started yesterday where we had uh, you know a band of thunderstorms that that impacted only a small portion of the area, but it did deposit some heavy rainfall along the Lake breeze front. And then now today it's much more widespread and. Uh, uh, some areas it's causing some major issues and uh, the timing couldn't be worse with this big nascar race this weekend i i, I really don't see how they're going to get this in today i really don't, well, I don't that's, know, uh, that's
0: what i was going to ask you not only you know are, are, are will they be able to get it in but everybody yeah. else who's not going to the race not participating in all of that uh, how do you right. even plan your holiday weekend with with all this when how long is the rain going to stick around today
10: you know what, Dean, I think, uh, if, well, first of all, there's there's a, parts of our area are under a flash flood warning right now just because we've had such such uh, heavy amounts of rainfall in a short period of time. And, you know, even in a drought situation, when the ground is so hard like that, you just don't, you're not able to percolate into the soils when you get that that much rainfall uh, so quickly. So, for example, Woodridge uh, in uh, DuPage County has had 1.7 inches of rain in 30 minutes. I mean, wow. that's 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 more than, you know, I'd say about 3 quarters of a month's worth of rain in about a half an hour. I mean, that's just there's no no ground that can absorb that type of moisture. It just it just runs off and uh, we're getting several reports of flooding across the area even in, you know, Downers Grove, Bolingbrook, uh and of course portions of the city. I've heard some reports of flooding on I-55 uh, not too far from Midway Airport. Uh, the Austin neighborhood, there's reports of some flooding going on, Garfield Park. So it's, uh, it's not a good day. And, um, you know, While the rains should begin to slowly subside and sag to the south and east with time here, um, I think we're going to be still dealing with some showers here, um, you know, well into the afternoon and, uh, you know, before the rains move out completely by tonight.
0: I like to pretend I'm uh, you or Tom Skilling by looking at the (laughs) WGN Weather app and pretending like I know what I'm looking at. But I love that the live radar is there. I love that I can animate it and push it into right. the future so i can, you know you see the big blob of you know storm above yeah. the chicago area on there and as you right. animate it it begins to move move out uh it, right. lo- it looks like if i'm reading this right and please tell me if i'm an idiot and i i'm wrong
2: <laughs> no, not, not it at looks all, like me.
0: it looks like around four or five o'clock is when be, before the storms finally are out of here is, is, yeah yeah
10: Absolutely. That's that's correct. That's what I was saying late, you know, well, well into the afternoon. So I don't know what the folks at NASCAR are going to do, because even when the rains move out, it's still going to be awfully soggy down there. And and you don't know what kind of condition the, uh, uh, you know, the track is going to be in after after this amount of rainfall. So, um, my gosh, it's I guess it's not inconceivable that they could uh, push things back to tomorrow because the weather will be much improved by tomorrow. and, And as we head into the 4th of July, too
0: yeah well that was my going to be my other question for you uh if today winds up being a rain out uh are people yeah. going to be able to salvage the weekend uh tomorrow yes. tomorrow uh or you know the third the, the fourth yes yeah
10: oh absolutely dean yeah it's uh much much improved weather coming the next couple of days and for uh for outdoor festivities on the fourth it is going to turn pretty hot though um you know we had uh you know we were in the well into the 80s yesterday it was very muggy as you noticed that this this is part of the reason why we're seeing such uh you know heavy amounts of rainfall you know much of the uh spring and early summer conditions were so dry and we even marveled at the fact that how how low the moisture content of the air was i mean it's very unusual for the midwest to see this dry of air it kind of resembled something you'd see in the desert and uh now that we've gotten the uh, typical summertime humidity in here, um, you know, the, the more the warmer, the more moist the air is, the more moisture available for these showers and storms to work with. And that's, you know, what we've seen has been the case the last couple of days. But uh, conditions will greatly improve here the next couple of days. We expect the sunshine to return tomorrow. And, uh, readings will, will surge well into the 80s. And, uh, on the 4th of July itself, we're expecting temperatures to warm into the low 90s under a, you know, mix of sun and clouds. And, uh, with another hot day following that on Wednesday, July 5th, with, uh, the possibility of yet some more, uh, powerful thunderstorms as a cold front moves through on Wednesday later in the day. So, that will be the next key period that we're watching weather-wise. Once we get through this uh, heavy rain episode today, is uh, later Wednesday and Wednesday night with uh, the potential. There are we're already outlook from the Storm Prediction Center for the possibility of some stronger severe thunderstorms over a large area. So that that will be you know that will be something to watch for sure.
0: This is one of the best guys you're ever going to find, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Mr. Bill Snyder, Tom Skilling's weather producer. And uh, I really appreciate uh, when you can jump on with us here, Bill, to kind of, you know, dig into this and explain it to us uh, of uh, what's going on. And I think a lot of people are super interested in, you know, today and oh, what, yeah. what this Absolutely. weekend is going to be. I appreciate it. All right, hey, my friend.
10: Dean, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend.
0: All right. We'll talk to you soon. See you in the hallways here at the TV station soon. Bill Snyder, Uh quick break. And when we come back, we remember the legend Dick Biondi next
3: buddy and thank you for listening it's good to be back at magic 104 well i'll tell you it seems like i've been away for a month but that trip to memphis was out of sight no going to talk about that and a few other things between now and 10 o'clock. Outside. Magic 104, Archie Bell and the Drells. Let's tighten up Dick Biondi on a beautiful Tuesday, August 18th, 1987. Good to be back at work. Dick Biondi asking you to smile and think positive because everything is good. And when you smile, you look a whole lot better. Well, no variants here. Nothing but the oldies. Magic 104, Dick Biondi, the Wild with up the Beatles.
0: How about that? That is some radio skill right there. <laughs> listening to uh, the great Dick Biondi, who, uh, if you've uh, been listening to the news this morning, you heard the news that he passed away this past Monday at age 90 after 67 years on the air here in Chicago and in other major cities around the country, truly one of the founding fathers of uh, rock and roll, radio, uh, you know, with that, that uh, style uh, that he had. The energy. The style, <laughs> the energy. Uh, and, and he maintained that that energy. I mean, I can understand when he was 20, 25 years old having that much energy, but he was on the air when he was, you know, 80 years old and still with that same uh, energy. Uh, and a legend in Chicago. And people of all ages remember Dick Biondi. As I was talking about earlier, I, I literally—he may be the reason that I decided, uh, you know, that that's some. This might be something I wanted to do uh, when I got because I would listen on my transistor radio. I would have my little earbud in, and I would listen to him play the Beatles songs, play the Four Seasons, play the Motown hits. You know, play all all this music and having such fun and being so irreverent. and uh, you know, I thought oh, that's the greatest. It's job in the world. Of course I want to do uh, something like that. Schwan, you must have had a similar kind of situation. Absolutely. Oh,
1: sure. And, you know, there was someone who came along a little bit later on WLS. Remember Ron Riley? I'm sure you sure, remember Ron. Course, All, he had that same type of energy and drive and uh, listening to those guys. Yes, indeed. That is a big reason
0: why I wanted to do this for yeah. a living. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Andy, who is... Yeah. Uh, you know, like forty years younger than uh, Schwani. Uh, <laughs> Hold it. Let's do the math here. <laughs> uh, even even Andy, considerably younger than Schwani and me. Uh, I'm glad you included yourself there. Also, you know, was influenced by Dick Biondi, Was had an awareness of him. Yeah. I mean, there are some people from back in the day, and you know, they, they kind of fade into the, the vapor. Dick Biondi uh, you know, stayed in the forefront of radio pretty much his entire career.
4: Yeah, you know, you, you go back and watch uh, that Tom Hanks movie, that thing you do, and yeah. when the the wonders are, are shopping their record all around the country, you, you hear DJs in that same vein, uh, with that energy, with the with the rhyming, and with uh, a great uh, awareness of uh, of what they're talking about there, and it's it, it all came from him, and uh, I, I think that you can hear a lot of that in in that movie. And as I was growing up, too, even not listening to Dick Biondi exclusively, but, you know, other DJs were, were kind of going through that uh, that style. And that seemed to be, you, know, you had to have that, uh, that
0: edge to you to be able to do it. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, back in the day, certainly, you know, when he and uh, a handful of other DJs were inventing how to do this kind of radio, I mean, this kind of radio didn't even exist until the early 60s, right? When, uh, you know, rock and roll was coming along and the Four Seasons were popular and, you know, uh, you know that uh, genre of music. Dick Biondi was inventing how to do this. So, of course, everybody copied him. And WLS uh, at the time, you know, boomed out all over the United States. So people were able to hear uh, Dick Biondi with his uh, knock-knock jokes and his uh on top of a pizza song which became so <laughs> famous um i mean he uh it just really it literally revolutionized uh radio and people are texting us this morning and remembering personal memories of uh Dick Biondi, meeting him at uh sock hops as they were called back in the day where you know radio DJs would go to high school dances and, you know, host them and people remembering what a what a nice guy uh, Dick Biondi was uh, to people. Uh, here's one that says, in the mid-80s, Dick hosted an adult oldies dance at Mount Prospect's Randhurst Mall and wow. gre- greeted everyone personally. Uh, I told him I have reel-to-reel tapes of him off of the radio. Schwani. did you text that in? <laughs> no. You would have, say, real no, to real. tape I would have recordings.
1: real to reel tapes, but no, I, I, don't, I don't have any... Remember that I remember of, of uh, Dick Biondi, and I did not
0: text that in. I used to... I mean, in addition to lying in bed, you know, with the lights off and the covers over my head so my parents wouldn't know that I was still awake and listening to the radio with the earbud in my ear on my transistor radio... Uh, I I would make tape recordings of my favorite DJs: Dick Biondi, Ron Riley, Art Roberts. I mean, these are the guys back in the day, uh, and uh, you know. So, uh, even though I'm making fun of you for being a big dork, uh, I was <laughs> I was just, just I was just as much one uh, as well. Uh, let me see here here 's one how interesting is this seven seven three area code says Dick Biondi was a church lecturer at St Francis Borgia Church. It was a cool wake up to hear his voice at Christmas mass. Can you imagine that having Dick Biondi uh, you know doing readings in a church with that very uh, you know kind of signature style that he had how about that? Uh, people are, you know, also remembering listening on their transistor radios. Uh Eight one five area code. It's kind of funny that in the sixties I would listen to this little transistor radio that went everywhere with me, and now in twenty twenty three I take my iPhone with me, yeah, to to listen, uh, you know, to radio. Um, it's it, it's a it's a huge loss and a legendary figure in American music in uh, American Radio. Uh, Dick Biondi truly was uh, was one of a kind, so we'll uh, definitely miss him. I'm sure Bob Surratt will have much more. Bob was, uh, a- as I had mentioned earlier, I had met Dick many times through the years, talked with him many times through the years. I wouldn't really say that I was friends with him, uh, but Bob Surratt was, and I'm sure he'll have some uh, very personal stories to tell uh, about... Uh, his friendship, a longtime friendship with uh, Dick Biondi tomorrow morning on his show here on WGN Radio. It's ten fifty three. A quick break, and we'll come right back. Oh, I kiss, I kiss
3: who needs a theme song anyway? I figure, you know we're here every night at nine o'clock every day. Have to remind you that nut is here again. Hello there, this is the world's ugliest disc jockey, Dick Biondi. and we're here until midnight. We got a lot of fun, and hello to all the wonderful people out there at three and twenty past the hour and I for Capital M-A-Y, Capital S O N S Masons, where teens are queens and Masons is the place to shop for your Christmas shop. E-
0: wow. <laughs> wow, listen to that. Where teens are queens and <laughs> their commercials. Uh, I, I guess a, 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 a woman's wear store. I don't really remember what that was that that he was talking about. But that was uh, Dick Biondi shortly after he started on uh, WLS, which began his uh, career here in uh, Chicago. There's uh, a famous urban legend that uh, Dick Biondi was fired from WLS for telling a dirty joke on the air. Uh, people, uh, I've had several people ask me about that already this morning because it's such an urban legend, and it never happened. Uh, in uh, interviews, you know, many many years later, Dick uh, had talked about that and said that the uh, the dirty joke uh, story was uh, an urban legend. Never did it. Never happened. Didn't get he didn't get fired for that. He did get fired apparently at WLS for uh, complaining to the management that they were running too many commercials on his show, and he objected to that. I mean, he was, but what did we say earlier? That he commanded 60% of the radio listening audience at, uh, during his early stint at WLS. He commanded 60% of everyone listening to the radio, 60% of them were listening to Dick Biondi. Uh, so, you know, he, he he was on top of the world, and he didn't like that they were cramming so many commercials into his show, complained to the management, <laughs> the management decided that, uh, you know, we can do this without you, uh, and and they let him go, and he bounced around, he, he went to Los Angeles, he went to New York, uh, he came back to Chicago to WCFL uh, at the time, uh, went to... Was it North Carolina? I believe he worked in North Carolina. Myrtle Car- Beach. Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Nor- Beach. Yeah, for quite a while. That's
1: where Bob Surratt caught up with him.
0: Uh, in in a uh, Where Are They yeah. Now segment yeah. that Bob was doing when he was uh, uh, doing features on, on WBBM. Uh, and uh, that brought him back to Chicago. It was Bob Surratt's feature that brought him back to Chicago. Uh, And he worked on a variety of stations, WBBM-FM, on uh, WJMK-Magic 104, on WLS-FM for a while. I mean, he's had, it's been just an absolutely amazing career that he had, and the legacy that he leaves uh, on Chicago. We'll remember more uh, of Dick Biondi and place more of this uh, great old uh, audio. Schwani and I are enjoying hearing the jingles. Uh, the uh, absolutely the radio <laughs> the, the radio geeks in us are enjoying. <laughs> hey man, listen to that! Listen, I'm going di- in fact I'm gonna do the rest of the show talking like Dick Biondi. And, in honor of Dick Beyondi, I'm gonna talk fast and talk like that. <laughs> I've got a headache just doing it for ten seconds. <laughs> All right, stem around. We've got a lot more for you here this morning. What a morning this is turning out to be. I How thought about it? I thought this was going to be a nice, easy show today. <laughs> you never know. Thought we'd play some. Uh, you know, I'm a Yankee Doodle Dandy. <laughs> Do my Jimmy Cagney impersonation. <laughs> my father That's... thanks you. My mother thanks you. That's my your favorite Fourth you. of July movie, isn't and it? And I thank you. Oh, I love that yeah. movie. Yeah, uh, it's a great movie. And more and more every year, I get blank looks when I bring up, you know, from young people, when I say my favorite 4th of July movie is Yankee Doodle Dandy. <laughs> the, I say, you know, the George M. Cohan story. And their uh, face was, goes uh, even huh? more, their face Who? gets even more blank. <laughs> George M.
4: Who? Who jo- what? <laughs> yeah, kind of like the scene in the movie when the the kid's car breaks down and they
0: they find George yeah, M. Cohan yeah. resting in his yard. At a boy, Andy, I love this. Yeah, Andy, Andy for the old people, save here. Gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, uh, what are the other songs? Cheaper's creepers there, there yeah. over, over there. there. Send the
1: word, send <laughs> the word over there <laughs> that the Yanks are coming. The Yanks are coming. You know, that's very. And it won't be over till
0: they're over over there. Go (laughs) Schwani. Schwani M. Cohan. (laughs) With our John Philip Sousa salute. Uh, Uh, (laughs) We're all all marching around the newsroom here. It's very (laughs) infectious music. I defy any of you to listen to that music and not start your own marching band.
4: Grand, grand old flag,
1: right? We're
0: a grand old flag. You're a high flag. What else? Give my regards to Broadway? Yep. That might be Irving Berlin. Uh, is it?
1: Is it? it? It's either Irving Berlin or George M. Cohan. Oh, and then there's other blank stares now. Irving who? Irving who? Berlin what?
0: <laughs> Isn't that a bar on
1: Belmont Street, Berlin?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> on Irving Park. <laughs> In my Hang on. I'm looking that up here. It's fascinating radio. Listening to someone go to Google. Uh, Written by Mr. George M. Cohen. Oh, it is George M. Cohen. Okay. My regards to To Broadway. Broadway. Remember me to Herald Square. Tell all the girls on 42nd (laughs) Street. And I will soon. All right. I think we have dwindled the audience down to two or three. Follow the bouncing ball. That's right. We are are now the only three people listening, and we'll take a break. A Rainy. Sunday morning kick off the Fourth of July weekend as we've been hearing in Shawnee's forecasts and also from uh, Bill Snyder, Tom Skilling's weather producer who joined us earlier. Uh, rain's going to be around till four or five o'clock today, so you can make your plans accordingly. Have we heard any updates, uh, NASCAR updates, uh, On It's in a holding pattern. That's the latest update.
1: And just before I did the 11 o'clock news, I haven't mentioned this to you, uh, but we can see a little bit of Columbus Drive from the south end of the uh, offices and studios here. Oh, fantastic! And I was here yesterday afternoon and looked out there just after things got underway for a little while, or after 4 o'clock. And you could see the cars, uh, you know, making the corner turning the corner at Jackson and then going south again on Columbus. Well, about five minutes to 11 here, 20 minutes ago, I looked out and there were nothing but flashing lights on uh, Columbus there where the race should be, uh, uh, should be going proceeding. On right yeah. yeah, but it's now in a holding
4: pattern. That's the word from NASCAR. Because it yeah, was, st- was going to water at 10 on o'clock, the truck. right? Yeah, it was supposed to start at 10. Yeah. And then yeah. they were talking 1045. And now the... Uh, the reason for the delay is it's too much standing water. They 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 have tires that can handle the rain, and I think most of the cars have switched to those tires already. But there's only so much rain that you can actually race in uh, and make it safe.
0: Right? Yeah. So that I mean, safety is uh, number one. When I was watching some of the television coverage uh, yesterday, and I, I got to admit, I mean, I've I've been pretty much nothing but critical of this whole thing, <laughs> but I got to say, it was pretty cool watching it uh seeing our local landmarks and these cars going 130 150 miles an hour uh down Columbus Drive and you know seeing the some of you know the museums and you know things like that it was kind of cool to watch all of that but in the back of my mind uh I was thinking oh, oh man I hope I hope nothing goes wrong yeah you know because it's right on Twenty, it's right like, right in your front door, pretty much, right? Well, not right in my front door, but I'm not Aren't all that far away. You out there selling away. lemonade yesterday to the people?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, Opie and I were there. Schwannie's lemonade Three cents stand for or, a large glass uh, out on
0: Michigan Avenue. <laughs> right. the,
1: the course, the course starts and ends at Columbus and Buckingham Fountain. It goes south to Balbo, then east on Balbo to Desabo Lakeshore Drive, south southwest onto Roosevelt, back up Columbus. And back west on Balbo, and then around the semicircle near the Congress Hotel there off of Michigan Avenue, up to Jackson, and back around to Columbus.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's something. So we'll keep you posted on how, how this is all going to work, uh, you know, if or when they're going to get started today. It's very possible, right, that everything could get pushed back till tomorrow?
4: It, that that's the, it the word. Possible. Yeah. Possible. yeah, That's the word because it is the they schedule a rain day just in case. You know, kind of kind of like what they do opening day uh, in Chicago for baseball. They always have one game scheduled and then an off day. So that's kind of what the uh, the thought process was there. I believe.
0: All right, all right. so we'll see uh, what happens with that. And hey, uh, Lollapalooza is right uh, hot on the heels of all of this. A month so, away now. Yeah, can't wait. Schwanny and I in the mud pits. We <laughs> we love going down there and just rolling around in the mud. With all the other kids out there. <laughs> Except for Schwannie and I, it's not so much rolling around in the mud, it's falling down because we can't stand up. <laughs> Where's my walker?
1: I I uh we should ask if they know any George M. Cohen
0: songs. <laughs> that <would be> fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that would be great if we could see if we could get Billy Eilish to do uh, I'm a Yankee Doodle a yankee Dandy. Yankee doody doody. or over there. I'm a I'm a doodle yankee what what? <laughs> I've got the titles all mixed up. All right. So uh because of all the weather related things today, a lot of the things we had planned on the show today uh everything got pushed back a little bit let me take a quick break and we'll uh catch up with what's going on with some free shakespeare that you will be able to see in chicago this year all coming up next good to have you here with us today we've had uh because of the weather uh, some unexpected guests in the show, so some of the things that we normally do on the show our theater segment and uh, a list interviews, etc everything 's getting kind of jumbled around a little bit. But I wanted to try to catch up on a few things because uh, I, I love that there is an opportunity for you to see some Shakespeare in Chicago for free mid summer flight it's presenting uh, free productions of shakespeare 's chime line. Uh, July seventh through August the thirteenth. Uh, Beth Wolf is the artistic director, and Beth, thank you for your patience in getting bounced around today with our schedule. We appreciate it, but I'm glad you could join us. Explain what of this. Uh, explain what this free Shakespeare is uh, this summer that people can take
11: advantage of. Sure. Thank you so much for having me here this morning. Um, so we're doing Shakespeare's play Cymbeline. It's it's a Slightly lesser-known Shakespeare play. It's not one of the greatest hits everyone's heard of, uh, but we are really excited to do it this summer because uh, it's like a great big fairy tale. Uh, and so we are going to be touring it to about uh, to six parks: uh, North Side, South Side, West Side. We open this Friday, July seventh, and we're going to run it for six weeks.
0: And uh, explain what you know. We we know King Lear. We know. You know, some of the famous Shakespeare pieces. As you say, Cymbeline is not one of the, uh, you know, uh, more prominent ones, but explain what it is.
11: Yeah, so like I said, it's, it's kind of like a great big fairy tale. A lot of the same tropes that you see in fairy tales or other Shakespeare plays show up in this one. There's a, a heroine who dresses up like a boy. There, uh, there's an evil queen. There's a, a bit of a fight for the throne. There's huge sword fights. There's music. Um, the, the setup for the story at the very start of the story is that the king has uh, wanted his daughter to marry uh, his new wife's son. She doesn't want to, so she marries someone else that her father does not approve of. And the king banishes her new husband. And that's how the play begins, and it goes on from there. Uh, because it's a lesser-known play, we also have a full synopsis of the story on our website. I know that some people like to know the story before they go watch a Shakespeare play, and so we've put that all on our website. So if folks want to you know, do a little studying up before they come, they can read a short summary.
0: Yeah, I, I, actually, I do find that helpful when I go to see Shakespeare uh, because it takes, for me at least, anyway, it takes me a little while to get into uh, the rhythm and the patterns of Shakespeare talk, if you know what I mean. Uh,
11: Absolutely. Your, your ear has to become accustomed to the language.
0: Yeah. Uh, so it, it does help if you know a little, you know, I don't, I don't, you don't really get spoilers or anything like that, but you get kind of an idea of what's, what's about to be uh, presented to you. When you were describing Cymbeline, uh, it's it sounded a little Game of Thrones-like, a little less graphic, but uh, it, it did have this sort of Game of Thrones-like fantasy-esque quality. Would you say that's fair?
11: I think that's absolutely fair, although I do want to, to say also we're performing our production out in public parks, so we're going for a more family-friendly version of that. Um, but I, I think that's absolutely an apt comparison.
0: Yeah, so tell me, uh, now all of this is going to be free in the uh, parks around the Chicago area starting next Friday, July the uh, 7th. Explain uh, what else uh, you all will be doing. Uh,
11: Well, so uh, Midsummer Flight has been around since 2012, and so we have grown every year and added new parks every year. So the, the new thing for us this year is we're adding two new parks to our tour. Uh, we're adding Harold Washington Park down in Hyde Park, and we are adding Kelvin Park, uh, which is out around Belmont Gardens. Um, it's been part of our mission to expand our programming to reach more of the city because our our whole goal is to provide high-quality, accessible Shakespeare. It's free. It should be in communities. And so we're really excited to be getting out to, you know, really what feels like, you know, more like every corner of the city this summer. Yeah,
0: I love that. I I, I love that you do it. I love that you uh, make it at no charge. We were just talking about, you know, kind of the state of uh, theater in downtown Chicago right now, where theaters are struggling to stay open and, you know, closing at the last minute, like we just heard about Looking Glass uh, Theater Company. Uh, for yeah, what, yeah, whether or not it's because people don't want to come downtown because of crime, uh, whether it's the, the cost uh, that's involved, uh, whether it's uh, expressway travel to come into downtown Chicago. I mean, there are a lot of reasons that people are not just in Chicago, people are not going to theaters anymore, but cost is a significant factor in that. So the fact that you're providing high quality uh, theatrical entertainment for nothing, uh, is great. And I love that uh, you are uh, aiming it toward children. I mean, uh, sadly, when, when budgets get tight, arts programs are usually the first to go. And it seems to me like arts programs should be the ones that we cling on to tightly uh, because they provide such a balance in our life. Uh, they, they, provi- they provide important stories that especially kids need to hear uh, you know, to, to make them more well-rounded, don't you think?
11: I absolutely agree. And one of my favorite things about doing this work every summer is that we are out in communities. So uh, for accessibility, it's not only that it's free, it's that we're bringing it to the communities. People don't have to travel downtown. We're, we're right there where they live. And then we get to really connect. Something that we do that's really fun is in addition to performing in the parks, we also rehearse in the parks where we will perform. And so we get to connect a little more with the communities. Kids come and watch our rehearsals. They get excited watching the sword fights or seeing the musicians playing music. A couple of years ago, there were some girls watching a rehearsal, maybe four or five years old, and they were talking to some of the actors who were playing fairies, and the fairies started playing music and got these little girls to sing with them and declared that you're all fairies with us now. Oh, that's great. Those little anecdotal moments are part of what makes this work so incredibly special.
0: Yeah, and I know what a lot of people do is they come early Uh, For a performance, and they put out a a picnic spread, right? So, I mean, you can kind of make make an evening of it, right? Your
11: picnics, absolutely, absolutely.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's a terrific program. Uh, Cymbeline uh, is going to be performed July, uh, starting next Friday, July seventh, and running through August thirteenth at uh, the Chicago Women's Park and Garden at Gross Park, uh, at Kelvin Park, Harold Washington Park. Lincoln Park and Tui Park Uh, and if you want to get more information uh, Beth what's the best way to do that?
11: They can go to our website which is www.midsummerflight.com and Midsummer is spelled funny it's spelled M-I-D-S-O-M-M-E-R flight Midsummerflight.com
0: Yeah it's spelled like it's Midsomer but uh, it's actually Midsummer Flight Cymbeline uh, being performed for free and uh, thank you for uh, you and all your performers and tech people and all the people involved for uh, making this happen. The artistic director of Midsummer Flight, uh, Beth Wolf, we appreciate you joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And when we come back from the break, I want to catch up and find out what's going on out at the MAC the Mackinish Arts Center out in the suburbs they have a very ambitious lineup uh, as well of things that are coming up I want to talk about just some things that are coming up over the next week or so uh, that you can uh, partake in there's a lot that's going on this weekend weather permitting everything (laughs) sort of being put on hold uh, for today because of this rain uh, that looks like it's going to be around till about uh, four o'clock today so we'll uh, keep an eye on that Schwani will uh, give us an update on uh, the weather and the nascar and uh, uh, all things going on on this uh, sunday morning we have an exceptionally busy sunday morning and we'll uh, bring you all up to date on uh, that right after this eleven thirty-six. Uh, dean richard's dance party apparently that's one way to while away the rainy hours 11.36 WGN. Uh, Shwani, Andy, uh, I was thinking about our big uh, Tree Time broadcast uh, and things that we could do because I never stopped thinking about that. It's one of my favorite shows of the year that we do. And, uh, you know, the 4th of July weekend is where they have that... Uh, a hot dog eating contest, right? Where's, oh
1: yeah, where's that? At Coney that, Island,
0: that guy Coney Island, and what's that guy that Joey we, Chestnut? Joey Chestnut? Joey Chestnut? Rams like, uh, <laughs> oh he inhales 150 hot, hot dogs. dogs. Yeah, I'm thinking that we try that at the <laughs> t- ah.
2: tree time. Well, we've
1: next. eaten some rather um, <coughs> exotic foods we uh, have in the past, so.
2: but we've never had Perhaps. a contest.
1: We've never had yeah, a
2: contest true. though. <laughs>
0: And I, I was thinking we could have a hot dog. We could all do that, right? Yeah. Sure we can.
4: Well, I can force some hot dogs down me, sure.
0: <laughs> you dip them in the water so they get... Uh, that's that's what this Joey Chestnut guy does, right? I they got have, some practice uh, the other day at Wrigley Field, as a matter of fact. Of how many hot dogs did you have? One. Wow, <laughs> what, a, practice. what a champion you are. I'm warming up. I'm, I'm warming, up. warming up. Wow. Uh, yeah, so I was thinking about that, and uh, maybe because of that music that we just played, maybe we have a big dance contest. I like to do as many things as possible that don't make one bit of sense on radio.
1: Well, what what happened to the wedding? Yeah, that's, wedding. that's, that oh, what, that's what I was that's thinking about when you brought that up. It's very true. That and the band, the wonderful uh, the, polka, the polka Band, band that that Eddie said and yeah. boys from Illinois, they were they were great last year. They added. A really wonderful dimension to the show
0: well you know i'm not kidding it really did we've already had people say that they would either get married or renew their vows uh on the show for when we do the show there next november so maybe we can incorporate all these things we have the Mm. polka band uh you know to walk the bride down the aisle polka style here comes the bride uh maybe after the uh, wedding Maybe the bride and groom have hot dog eating contest. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then dance just it off. what they need for the honeymoon, <laughs> and then, right? And then dance it off. It works. <laughs> it all works out. Yeah. And uh, speaking of tree time, by the way, uh, I've <laughs> I've learned that uh, our hosts who have us out there every year, Joe and Laura Kane, uh, they are going to be having a Christmas in July blowout sale. Uh, a lot of you come out for the big holiday show, the, the live broadcast that we do every Christmas season. But uh, they are having an uh, incredible 70% off the highest quality Christmas tree sale, plus all the cool stuff that they sell at the store. Wouldn't you both agree that that is... I mean, that's uh, nobody gets out of there without going, oh, I'd love to have one of those. All the little accessories that go around the house. Yeah, my cousin, when she comes, uh,
1: every time, you know, before she has to buy something new every time she's there.
0: And a lot of people don't know, Shwani's apartment is like <laughs> going to the North Pole. He, <laughs> he has his whole house set up like it's Christmas time, 365 days a year. But tree time, so Shwani, maybe you want to head out there, Seventy, up to 70% off on uh, this stuff, a big blowout sale. Uh, that they're having on uh, all their decorations, their trees. Uh, Tree Time is on Pepper Road in Lake Barrington, the Tree Time Christmas in July blowout sale. And don't worry about whether or not you've been naughty or nice. Everybody gets an incredible 70% off the highest quality Christmas trees, plus wreaths, garland, and trim. Tree Time Christmas creations on Pepper Road in Lake Barrington starting next week, Wednesday july the 5th all of this will start so get out to uh, tree time and tell joe and laurie that we said hi we can't wait to get out there to do the uh big annual show i want to bring uh, a longtime friend of the show uh on the air with me diana martinez uh is the uh, director of the mackinish arts center the the mac and all the great things that they have uh planned uh, that are going to be coming up there soon diana how are you my friend
8: I'm doing good. So nice to hear from you.
0: I appreciate your patience on this crazy morning. We've had uh, so many things happening with the weather and uh, so forth, but I wanted to touch base with you uh, just to talk about some of the things that you have coming up at the MAC that people can enjoy out at the College of DuPage uh, this summer.
8: Well, right now we have transformed our entire art center. We have four theaters. And an art gallery, and we've transformed it into an Andy Warhol art show, and we have 94 original Warhols that are in the gallery, and 150 original Warhol photos taken by Andy, and a children's area, and a Studio 54 recreation, so we are are back in the 60s and 70s and 80s and having Warhol fun right now.
0: Far out, man.
8: It is really pretty awesome. <laughs> That's pretty pretty cool. awesome.
0: I know that uh you, you plan ahead and you've got some pretty cool things uh that will be coming up. What is on the schedule at the
8: Mac? Well, we our our brochure just got announced and it just hit mailboxes and I think some of the fun uh things we're gonna have is Tower of Power will kick off the season. Um, and then we have some really interesting things like a one-woman Ruth Bader Ginsburg show that was done in Washington that's really phenomenal. Wow. And the hip-play... How about that? And hip-play ballerinas um, that originated out of Chicago. They're tour all over the world, and they do ballet in a hip-hop fashion. It's really, really amazing. Um, And the Barricade Boys are coming from from England, and they do all the hits from La Miserable and um, all your favorite um, sort of musicals like that. And we have a George Michael show, and we have Dan New and Irish show. So it's just a full season of 40 different events and shows that, that people can choose from. And create their own season.
0: I can't, I can't. I'm not sure which of those shows might be my favorite because you've had <laughs> you've had about six different things there that I, I just I, I jotted down. Uh, you know, make sure make sure I get more info about this or this or this. Uh, Tower of Power, I have seen perform so many times. Uh, you know, you're still a young man, baby. The, uh, among their many hit songs. Uh, But what a powerful R&B, jazzy ensemble that they have been performing for like, I'm going to say 50 years, maybe 40, 50 years.
8: I know. And, you you know, I have a a, a, like a fabulous drummer that works for me. And he he also is a musician and he's like, they are so good. Can we get them? And it worked out that we could get them. And so it's fun to just try new things. Um, and for people who like jazz, we have When You Wish Upon a Star, and it's a tribute to 100 years of Disney. Wow. And um, that is by the Harlem Jazz Quartet, that's, that's, uh, a jazz ensemble um, that will be performing out of New York. So we try to do a nice variety um of of work so that people can see different sorts of things that they might not normally see and i always tell somebody try it and if you hate it and you and you want to leave i'll give you a refund of them exchange and you come back and see something else but i always want to encourage people to try something new yeah.
0: right well I, I i gotta say i've never seen a bad show out at the mac you've uh you got a pretty good track record going on out there people want to get more info on any of these shows and by the way this Andy warhol exhibit is until september 10th am i am i right yes. about that? yeah okay yeah so you've got all summer long to go and check that out it's uh it's not a collection that you're going to be able to see uh, you know anytime soon that and all okay. the other shows that diana has talked about
8: I'll tell you this, Andy Warhol show, it's the Bank of America collection, and it truly is like the greatest hits. The soup cans, the Maryland, but then things that you may never have seen, um, like the beautiful, gorgeous endangered animal series. And, um, when I saw it, I was like, wow, now I get why he, he's just a master. And the colors, it's a, it's a very happy show. So, there's nothing to do in the rain. Today's a good day to come on over. Wow, well,
0: that's a great idea. Yeah, good idea. Um, if people want to get more info, uh, tickets, etc., what's the best way to do all that?
8: Uh, at themac.org.
0: Couldn't be easier than that. Uh, Diana Martinez is the director of the Mackinish Arts Center out at the College of DuPage. I hope you have a great 4th of July weekend. Eventually, it's going to dry out, and you'll be able to uh, enjoy it. Hi, uh, Diana. You, too. All right. Thank you so much. A uh, quick break, and we've got something else that's coming up in the Chicago area next weekend. If you love Greek food, that's coming up next. Bye. It's 1148, and this is Dean Richards, Sunday morning on WGN. Talking about things going on for the weekend, uh, there is something I wanted to bring your attention to that is actually going on, not this weekend, but the following weekend, and that is the uh, uh, St. Spiridon Greek Orthodox Church uh, Greek Fest that's going on. You've heard me talk about these Greek fests at different uh, Greek Orthodox churches around the area for years now and uh you know we we don't pay enough attention i don't think to uh south Side and south suburbs and st. spiridon is out in palis heights and uh, their big festival is uh july 8th and 9th and frank copanis is their parish council president frank uh, good morning it's very nice to have you on the show today hello
6: good morning dean
0: thank you for having me it's a pleasure so uh, talk a little bit about uh, what you all have planned out there. I've, I've been to your festival the last couple of years, and uh, it's so much fun, and the food is so good. Uh, it's it's really uh, a good time.
6: It really is. Uh, we we've planned uh, a great uh, uh, authentic Greek uh, food offerings. Um, we're we're also going to be having uh, Greek dance troupe uh, performances. Uh, uh, the Greek dancers are uh, students that range uh, in age from first grade to high school they'll perform each night from uh, at uh seven thirty p m and uh, these dancers represent the youth of the church and help keep the Hellenic Greek customs and traditions alive as they're passed down to future generations. Uh, we also have a raffle uh the the total prize uh, uh, prizes are twelve thousand five hundred dollars with first prize at seven thousand five hundred dollars second prize. Two thousand and then three one thousand dollar prizes, which makes it uh, gives everyone five chances uh, uh, to, to win uh, uh, you know, a lot of money and support the church
0: yeah very um, it's very nice you know about the it's fun to watch uh, the dancers because i mean they are they're pretty much like professional dancers uh, doing it but what's you know, I enjoy that, but also I enjoy when people just get up from their tables. And, uh, you know, join hands and uh, they start dancing and everybody, no matter what your uh, ethnicity, no matter what your background, everybody joins in the fun. And it's a real sense of community, uh, whether you're Greek or not, to participate, uh, not only in the dancing, but the food and the fun. that's, That's what I get out of this sense of community. Uh, you know of what we should be ce- of celebrating one another, instead of in this world where things are so separated. Uh, you, you know, here here's something that's bringing all different kinds of people together, and I, I think that's significant.
6: It really is, Dean, and uh, I, I have to say that uh, the Saint Spiridon's uh, uh, this annual festival is our parish's largest outreach uh, to share its Orthodox faith and Hellenic Greek culture with the local community and beyond. Um, and and it's it's open to everyone, everyone of all faiths. Uh, th- that's a great point that you make, um, and it gives us all an opportunity to be together, uh, to relax and enjoy some some culture, uh, perhaps learn a little bit about the Orthodox faith uh, as well. Um, and um, it we we always hope for uh, uh, you know a nice uh, nice weather. Um, Yeah,
0: you definitely don't want want weather like we have today. (laughs) Hopefully the weather next weekend is going to be better. Uh, uh, We'll repeat this again in a second, but uh, your festival, the Greek Fest, is July 8th and 9th, right?
6: Yes, yes, it's July 8th and 9th. Uh, It's from 3 o'clock to 11 o'clock on Saturday, 12 till 10 on Sunday. Um, There is free parking, uh, local parking uh, in the nearby uh, marist. Sports Complex, uh, Trinity Christian College, where we will have uh, shuttles running from 3 to 11 on both of those days uh, to make it convenient for everyone to park. Um, We also have uh, the food, of course, the homemade pastries, which are incredible, are also available for pick-up-and-go in case we're unable to stay for uh, some period of time or an extended period of time.
0: Yeah, I want to talk about the food for a second here, because uh, we had... um, uh, Dean Elacostas, who's uh, one of uh, your parishioners on uh, television with me this past week to talk about the festival, and he made some uh, uh, some Greek food on the show and brought uh, some food and pastries. He told me that some of the uh, ladies of the your church, uh, some of the uh, the yayas from the church, the grandmothers. Have been busy in their very own kitchens, preparing and literally making things homemade. To that that will be sold at the fest. Is that correct?
6: That, that is correct. Um, there is going there is homemade food, and then it's also these uh, these yayas grandmothers actually coming together at the church in the kitchen and baking uh, various uh, homemade pastries. Uh, in person, uh, best practices, if you will, <laughs> with all of them, you know, putting all of their uh, culinary talents uh, together yeah. uh, to make r- really authentic uh, Greek uh, cuisine, uh, similar to what you'd find if you were traveling in Greece. I mean, that, that's, how, that's how good this food is. You yeah. Know? So,
0: I, I, I often yeah. say when I go to a restaurant and the food is, you know, incredible, that it's like somebody's grandmother is in the kitchen cooking, and I think we all know what that means. Right, that it's like incredibly delicious food. That's what it's like with these, uh, you know, the the pastries, the 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 baklava, and the you know different Greek pastries that are all handmade by these grandmothers who are cooking for you when you come to the uh, the festival. Plus, they have. Uh, you know, all the, the gyros uh, going and the roast chicken. And what's, what's on the menu this year? Uh, because the, the, the entrees are also incredible as well.
6: Absolutely. Uh, the, the entrees this year, we have a four uh, mini souvlaki or shish kebab uh, dinner, with, which has two pitas uh, to potentially feed, uh, you know, uh, more than one person. Uh, we have uh, traditional Greek salad, tomatoes, cucumbers, onions, feta cheese, uh, olives, and, uh, and uh, dinner roll. Uh, we also have uh, tiropitas and spanakopitas, which are essentially cheese turnovers. One is with uh, cheese uh, wrapped in buttery phyllo dough, and then the other one is the same, except it also has spinach in it, which yep. uh, tastes incredible. Those are made from scratch. Mm. Those are made, uh, you know, the, the phyllo dough, uh, you know, gets rolled out, uh, the, the, the cheese uh, ingredients, are are handmade, and then they are put in there, and then they are wrapped, as well as with the spinach. Um, I believe that the ladies take the spinach home to wash it <laughs> and to prepare it, so yep. that they could bring it back to church and 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 work it
2: and
0: get it ready. Uh, get have, it ready to put in the oven. Yeah, that's amazing.
6: Absolutely, um, Greek French fries, which are uh, uh, French fries. Uh, with uh, feta cheese and Greek spices, which taste incredible. And then, of course, the main entries are the shish kebab, which is a soudlaki, which is a grilled pork. Uh, it comes as a dinner with um, uh side of uh, olives, tomatoes, cucumbers, dinner roll. The Greek chicken, uh, baked half Greek chicken served with rice, again, feta cheese, olives, tomatoes, cucumbers, dinner roll. And then the gyro plate, uh, which is served with pita bread, uh, tomatoes, tzatziki sauce. Um, I, I will say, Dean, the, uh, our parish and uh, the cooks, the chefs, if you will, and this, uh, chef, led by Chef Dean, uh, take great care to source the primary ingredients of these meals. Uh, olive oil imported directly from Greece. Um, honey. Uh, take great care to get the best honey that we possibly can for the lukematis. Uh, which are the fried uh, dough uh, honey balls. Uh, in, uh, they're, yeah. And then they pour honey syrup on them with the cinnamon and they taste incredible. Yeah,
0: that's the longest line. So, that's the longest line at the festival because they're so delicious. <laughs> and well, boy, once you get them, you get these little warm fried uh, dough balls uh, that are drizzled with this light uh, honey. Delicious. Uh, and you could you could just eat the whole package yourself. They're they're so wonderful. Give me all the details, because we're almost going to run out of time here. Uh, give me all the details on uh, the St. Spiridon Greek Orthodox Church Greek Fest. It's not this weekend, but the next weekend, right?
6: Yes, next weekend, July 8th and 9th. It's at 123rd in Ridgeland in Palos Heights. Uh, it will be on Saturday from 3 to 11, and then Sunday from 12 to 10. Uh, there's free parking and shuttle from Trinity Christian College and Marist Sportsplex. There will be uh, Greek dancers at 7.30 p.m. Uh, each night. And uh, uh, the, the festival, led by our parish priest, uh, Father George, supported by Chef Dean, who's the uh, festival chairman, and many, many volunteers. Um, we, we are looking forward to seeing everyone of all faiths, whoever can make it out. We would love to see you uh, and just be together. Um, and have a, a night of uh, uh, fellowship and festivity. It'll be a and, lot. Uh, it'll be
0: a lot of fun yeah. when you when you get there. Enjoy some food. Enjoy some fun. There's things for the kids to do. A little something for everyone. Make sure that you say hello uh, to uh, Father George. I'm a huge fan. Uh, he's one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. And uh, Frank, it's a pleasure to talk to you. And I hope we'll see you out there as well, Frank Copanis the uh, parish council president, St. Spidadon Greek Orthodox Church out in Palos Heights. Thank you, my friend, and we'll see you soon.
6: Thank you, Dean. It's a pleasure. Take care. See you there.
0: It's my pleasure. Thank you very much. And All right, and that's going to wrap it up for us here today.